0: Maybe now I'm speaking as a digital mindset more than a digital product, but mm-hmm. digital kind of, it, it lays the groundwork to iterate where you can say, listen, let's get this minimum viable product in front of users, customers yeah. and get them using it. And it might not be perfect. And let's start a dialogue with that user because in the old days we would sort of, you know, get the business requirements document, maybe today still in, in certain projects. I'm not discounting that. Sometimes it's a good way of doing it. but." Yeah. Previously, the only way to do it was here's your big, thick document of business requirements. Let's spend the next year or two building it and hope for the best. And yeah. It's probably going to be good, right? And you know, without those iterations, without that feedback, without the conversation, um, it probably isn't going to be that great. It's not going to be as good as it could be if you were dialoguing with your end user and dialoguing with your business stakeholders and dialoguing with that finance team all along the way to kind of fine-tune it. Because guess what? As your project is moving, the world is still turning.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday, the 12th of November, 2023. This is your host, Nigel Creaser. And today, I've got Galen Lowe. Uh, the digital project management guy. Speak soon. So I have a number of sponsors, affiliate links um, in the way that it's set up um, that have kindly allowed me to uh, share their services really. The first one um, uh, is Mike Clayton, and Mike runs PM, online PM courses, and it is a great resource for um, getting those fundamentals of project management uh, trained, reasonably priced, uh, and Mike um, presents it in an accessible and um, uh, clear manner. Um, you can check out some of his um, uh, videos on, on his YouTube channel and kind of give you a view of where they are. But uh, the, the code for that, if you go to slash online PM courses, all, all one word, lowercase, that'll redirect you to it. Uh, there's very different levels that you can um, buy. You can buy individual courses, you can buy pathways as well, if you like. Um, and I get a kickback off oh, those. Uh, My kindly uh, shares me that so um if you do jump on and use it i hope you find it really useful um, i think he has money back guarantees and things like that as well so there's a very limited risk um on that so uh jump on that and that again it's nigelcrease.com online pm courses and enjoy So, what's been going on? Um, haven't done a little update like this for a while. Um, it always seems to be not that much to put up. Um, uh, maybe I need to start uh, planning and thinking. Um, I have been playing, uh, playing with a, uh, a little bit of the uh, ChatGPT tools. Um, some ideas that I've got there around representing project management, which has been quite interesting. Um, I'll probably share some of that on. Um, Uh, socials at some point uh, but uh, trying to work out how the great grandmasters and great masters painters and people like that uh, how they planned Um, so hopefully uh, that'll be interesting Um, I am well I had a brief chat recently about a potential collaboration on a book so my thoughts of updating one of my books updating one of the others just starting another sorry and finishing off the novel uh, may change uh, which will be yeah, quite excited about that if that comes to fruition, but no more in the new year. So that was really interesting. Um, it's been International Project Management Day. Happy International Project Management Day for last week for those who uh, were celebrating or last week before. And uh, I've seen that there's quite a few events on um, uh, over, around um, around the world for different uh, project management organisations and stuff. So it looks like it's conference time. I uh, hope for those out there, it looks like there's some amazing stuff going on. This time next year, I'm hoping I can get along to a few of these um, and maybe bring some, in quotes, live content from some of these sessions, grab some of the speakers and have some chats with them. But I've just got to get to the the, uh, the wheels and motion finances and things like that to do it. It's um, going to take a little bit of time. Uh, so if there are any conferences you think, actually, yeah, that'd be a really good one we'd like to hear from. Um, let me know. Drop me in, Nigel at uh, a Uh, or um, if you uh are a conference organizer and you want someone to speak, um, please give me a shout speaking ops so, or at nigelcrease.com or anything at nigelcrease.com that gets to me anyway. I haven't got an army of minions reading them, it's just me. <laughs> um, so that's uh, that, that'll be uh, yeah, I'll be really, really keen to get involved in some of those uh, conferences as well. Um, I think that's all I'm going to say about today. was for the only other thing, just thinking of conferences, thinking about things coming up, we've got, um, it is now mid-November and we have Christmas looming, uh, now we've gone past in this, in the UK we go past the, uh, uh, bonfire night and then I find it acceptable to talk about Christmas. Um, uh, have a listen at the end of the show, I am, I'll put my little project management song that I put on there for Christmas, um, if you haven't heard it before, have a listen. If you have, stop the, the player really quick. Uh, and if you want to download a copy, buy a copy, pop along to all the usual music shops and that. And it's kind of in the same there. If you're planning for gifts for your uh, team, uh, any one of my books um, at varying different prices, um, you can get physical copies. Pop along to nigelcreasercom shop, where you could get um, project management sketches, which is meant to be humorous. Uh, some people say it is as well or project manager productivity hacks give your team a kickstart at the beginning of next year to get them uh, being that little bit more productive anyway I'll let you get on with the show and uh, enjoy cheers now, bye I am delighted to welcome Galen Lowe to the show today Uh, Galen is the digital project management guy he's (laughs) co-founder of the digital project manager a training community hell-bent on sharing knowledge to amplify the value of responsible project management in a digital world. Over the past decade or so he has worked at boutique agencies and large consultancies to help shape and deliver human-centered uh, digital transformation initiatives in government, healthcare, transit and in retail. Today he shares his knowledge uh, to help professionals get skilled uh, get confident and get connected, so they can build a rewarding career in the digital space. Uh, welcome to the show, Galen.
0: Thank you for having me. Such an honour. It's absolute pleasure.
1: So, t- tell us a little bit more about you. A little bit where where are you? Uh, people will pick up the the accent, maybe.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's see. I'm going to give it a pause so people can guess
1: but yeah, I'm based in Toronto, yeah, Ontario,
0: cute. Canada. So, um, yeah, that's uh, I've been working in sort of, uh, as you mentioned, Canadian government, doing web applications in the agency world and in the consultancy world uh, for a number of years. Um, but really, uh, I'm just about, really my shtick now is just facilitating that sharing of knowledge. And I think just to dig into that a little bit, and thank you, by the way, for such a great intro, uh, but really, we lead a community of digital professionals, mostly digital delivery professionals who are working on projects that involve people and pixels and code. And that, in and of itself, I think comes along with a lot of complexity, a lot of situations that have to be dealt with in real time and a lot of sort of nuances that are kind of unfolding at the rate of technology. And really it's about us sharing that knowledge in real time to make sure that we are doing the right thing and making the right decisions in these really fast paced projects where we are delivering. Fundamentally, in the digital infrastructure. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, websites is kind of like a digital brochure. Not these days. These days, everything is a lot more plugged into the bigger business. So, anyways, that's kind of the thing that gets me going, the thing that I'm passionate about, talking about that. Excited to nerd out. Um, on a personal side, uh, I mean, You've got the video here. Most of your listeners probably have not got the video, but I've got a bunch of music gear here behind me and probably a stuffed monkey uh, pretending to play the drums. Uh, This is my reminder of sort of my hobbies. I can get very involved in work, as I think a lot of your listeners probably can as well. Uh, this is actually a ri- reminder for me of things that I do for my joy outside of what I do for work. Uh, and the monkey is actually my son's. I've got a five-year-old son. Um, you know, we're just uh, rocking it, having fun, and just introducing him to some of what I do, whether that's teaching or just jamming. Um, I'm not a phenomenal music- musician by any stretch of the imagination. Um, this is just kind of here as my like hobby rack.
1: <laughs> nice. Yeah, I've got. I, I, you know, you saying that, I'm I'm, I'm looking at. A cheap guitar that I've got stuck on the on the wall over there and I can see it. The, a couple of guitars in the corner mm-hmm. there. And uh yeah, it's um I, I re- rediscovered music a few years ago and it's it is nice a, a nice little uh uh get out, uh get get your brain away kind of thing with a bit of creativity in there as well, which mm-hmm. is I think it's a lovely thing, is that uh just messing about, learning a new uh with me bass line or something like that, or mm-hmm. just making one up, it's really good fun and uh yeah, the only problem I find with it, and I'm guessing you will find the same, is there's a lot of gadgets you can buy in there.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, indeed. Yeah, no, that economy is a real thing. No, and I, uh, I think that was one of the really interesting things, like during the pandemic, um, and if I really think back. You know, I didn't know a lot about my colleagues sort of personal life and hobbies unless they wore it on their sleeves. And then suddenly, you know, we're on all these calls and, you know, so many more people have an instrument in their background. And so mm-hmm. like two things, one, they've chosen to put it there. And two, mm-hmm. you know, there's all of this sort of layers of humanity that you know, I hadn't really thought too hard about with my work colleagues that kind of got brought to the surface. And I kind of personalized it all. I mean, if I had to have a silver lining on a pandemic, I think that's definitely one of them.
1: Yeah, no, I know you mean. I, it's funny, actually. We did a thing. Um, we had a guy called... One of my uh, interviewees, a guy called Simon Dutton, uh, mm. it, during during that period, he did a, uh, a Lego serious play session for the for my company that I work at. And um, it, it it was for our project management community. And mm-hmm. uh, you got five people sent some bricks to them. And the way they do it is kind of all the same bricks. And, and the question they he asked us all was... Um, What asked the five people was to build a model that represented their experience of lockdown and Ah. of of the pandemic. And it was fascinating because then they all come up with these models and they're all got absolutely completely different model, completely different lens on it. And then he asked them to, Describe it and explain what's going on with the model. And they went mm. through this. One, I remember one person who said, "I spent a lot of time in the garden in this, and I, I really enjoy my gardening." And these are the carrots that I've been doing, doing some. And, and and then there was someone else. I can't remember something. Oh, this represents this, and this. And you got such a richer uh, uh, insight into how it was for them. Whereas if you've got mm. a, right, tell me how lockdown's been. Oh, it's been hard. That would have been kind of. Yeah, that would have been the conversation. <laughs> yeah, it would have, totally. using normal language would have nulled it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think there's there's a, it's an interesting lesson on getting to know people, and I've pl- tried to play with a few icebreakers in sessions since, um, since then. And wh- one of them is was a little bit of a training thing on language, and you know, how people use language, uh, which I really like. It's a, um, it's a basic thing where I never said she stole the milk, and you you emphasise each of the words on a different ah. slide, and, and basically, at the beginning, you ask them what they think it means, and everyone says what they think it means, and then you go through it, emphasizing it, and then go, well, does it mean that, or does it mean that, or do... and kind of break, basically show that complete uh, ineffectiveness of the written language, <laughs> um, and, and then the other one, was, it was something I went to a, po- a, po- a sort of writing course, and there was a poetry mm-hmm. thing where they basically had four or five different prompts and you just wrote an answer to it, and then you cut off the prompt, and then you had a a poem. (laughs) It's an eight or nine line poem. Um, Sort of like feeling this, hating this, loving this, scared of, you know, I mean, something like that. I can't remember the exact things, but I did that with a team, and it was fascinating that we found out so much about them better than oh tell me five minutes about that. Do you know what I mean? Just from them and it was one of those share it if you want to don't if you don't want to everyone shared it. And there was some fascinating things that we everyone, what's that about? And it's kinda of like mm. um it, and you just find more about that person. And these guys the first time they met, it was really good. And those little connections that that you've got the guitar there, you've got the electric guitar and you've got a um classical guitar there. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a connections there. You, you immediately I've got connections. It's it's uh, and there's a few guys have, uh, uh, that I've interviewed that have got instruments. In fact, I I interviewed and stupid of me, I don't know where my brain was, but I interviewed um, uh, Gerald Leonard
0: hmm?
1: uh, well, not, well, quite a while back now, who's a jazz bass player. Ah, and he's there. He's got <laughs> all his gear. It's <laughs> everything. I didn't ask him to play.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I just sit back now thinking, why did I, we talked about, is the, and how music has an influence on work, and how, and things like that, and project management, and how jazz is a little bit like project management, and that sort of thing, but it just, I didn't even occur to me, so I may get you to play a little bit. A bit.
0: This could be a very different podcast going forward, right?
1: Oh. <laughs> Full of musical yeah. interludes. <laughs> well, yeah, and it, you know what, I, I, again, I think it's a little bit of creativity, I, I've seen mm-hmm. quite a lot of people, um, that that creative mindset and and the solution minds that learning a process and thing but being able to solutionize around it mm-hmm. kind of fits into that that improvisation and agility that we need as project managers sometimes.
0: No, I love that. I love what you're saying about, like, the sort of fundamental flaws of written language because you realize, actually, and through all of this, we realize that we're making all these assumptions as though we know Mm. something. So we put away that learner mindset, and we're like, now we know what a sentence is and how to read it, you know, like, and I think that is... is is holding us back so much in any profession, but definitely in project management where it's like fundamentally about communication um, and effective communication at that with high stakes. And we think we know our team and we think we know what they're saying on Slack or Teams or what have you, or an email, Um, even on a video call, you know, we get a little more cues, but uh, I think this movement away from just assuming that we know something about a person or everything about a person and what they're trying to say, I think is such an important lens to put on just how we collaborate in general um whether that's yeah. a project or you know day-to-day operations or just you know personal relationships
1: yeah i think you're right and i think it's 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 something we we do assume um and it's it's not it's hard to and it's that whole thing of that that, that those arguments where you get people who, who get a snotty email from someone and you kind of you look at it and you go i'm not saying that's snotty yeah, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> Or they'll write or something, does that look all right? And you think, ooh, if I read that, I'd feel... But then it's just my emphasis and my lens that I'm putting mm-hmm. on it. And the the baggage around the conversation we've had beforehand. Maybe someone is writing something to someone who has wound them up. Mm-hmm. And therefore, mm-hmm. I put those lens off. This person's wound up. So if I'm thinking they're wound up... And, and, and it's it's never right. Yeah. Baggage it's, is the right word, for sure. <laughs> we bring yeah, it in. It's um, it was Mark Horseman and and Mike always say on the um, Manager Tools podcast. They say um, communication is what the listener does, and in, <laughs> in this instance, it's what the reader does, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. it, what we mean, and what people hear can be very different things, and interpreted very differently.
0: I think it comes down I, to that I, creative I, thing as well, right? It's art is sort of has an interpretive aspect to it, as does all communication. Turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah
1: yeah because books is is an amazing thing isn't it is when you when you what i think it's slightly different with the movie um but when you read a book you're part of the story as a reader because mm-hmm. in your brain you're creating it in your those emphases em- emphasis on some of the words that you're doing there you're you're part of that and it nobody ever reads the same book ever because you will read the same book as me and you will have a slightly different even if it's on one word it would be something slightly different to what i would based on your history your experience and your knowledge and your preferences as well and and that that's where you kind of get then how how great it is because it can be that flexible and mean something completely different to two different people Mm -hmm. i love that i love that it's just crazy Anyway, yeah, rabbit holes. Yes, they, we have them on this <laughs> podcast. Um, maybe not <laughs> the specific. I'm, when you when you message me, um, obviously you um, digital project management um, was is an area that is your uh, expertise. Now, for, there there's a the word digital, the word transformation, the word uh, the, the, there's a lot of different meanings of those words. So mm-hmm. it's relevant the previous bit around how people what i think of as digital because i see people going in right there's an it company going in to do a digital transformation and i said they're going well everything's digital it's it for crying mm-hmm. out <laughs> but then it's kind of a little bit but but then digital, your digital project management from your perspective what just give us a little definition of what you in in from your mindset think of
0: sure yeah no i think that's perfect um so I'm kind of this is this is my interpretation of it and then I'll go because I think we can tie in the the, our previous rabbit hole quite well into this (laughs) Um, but you know digital for me represents something at the intersection between business technology and the user experience and for me that makes it a little bit different because the sort of pillars of what we're building and what we're prioritizing uh, and some of the constraints that are competing all kind of collide at that intersection and make it something a little bit different. Now, arguably, digital project management is not like a different art form than um, project management. I think you know we describe it as being a subset, like a flavor. So if project <laughs> yeah. management is ice cream, we are strawberry flavor. And that's kind of the lens that we put on it. But you know, in so doing, what we're saying is that there are nuances that we have to consider. There are some inflections that we have to um, bring into our practice because things are a little bit different. Um, And, you know, that's not to discount any other type of project management. If you're in construction, if you do whatever healthcare transformation, patient experience work, um, you know, that all is important project management that has its nuances as well. And so really we're just flying the flag of, well, when it comes down to projects that involve pixels, people, and code, and I'll circle back on what you said earlier, because I think some of your listeners will be like, yeah, that sounds like everything these days. But Mm -hmm. if it's if it's kind of revolving around that world of people, pixels, and code, and you are creating something that sits at that intersection between business, technology, and the user experience, then there are certain things that come into play. there is the rapid nature of the project. You know, you're probably sprinting, running agile. Um, I think a lot of uh, people bring, speaking of baggage, I think a lot of stakeholders bring into it their interpretation of digital, their interpretation of how digital things are made. Uh, vis-a-vis, it's probably easy. I've seen ChatGPT create that in five seconds, so why is it taking so long? Um, why can't you do that thing that Facebook does with our shoestring budget? You know, they, they bring a lot of it in. It's fast, and I think a lot of that kind of draws together into... Okay, digital, it's fast, it's fluid, it's easy. We can always change it. It doesn't matter. But I don't think that is absolutely true and definitely not anymore. And we just watched, you know, a few years of forced digital transformation. In other words, we had that pandemic and businesses had to kind of figure it out. I saw entire call centers that previously would never let their employees work from home two weeks all it yeah. took. They transformed, they had all their systems set up, and they were doing their jobs from home with very minimal impact to productivity. And I raised that because, you know, the stakes are high. The stakes are high in the sense that, you know, when when I was getting into this in the early 2000s, websites were just, you know, we we were coming out of like Macromedia Flash, now Adobe Flash, now practically deprecated. Um, yeah. and they were experiences and that was fun, but for the most part it wasn't super serious yet. And then fast forward to some of the projects i've been working on you know in transit in government you know like government self-service uh we're talking about like healthcare projects where the entire underpinning is digital it's kind of like okay well we have the luxury of digital and that it's ones and zeros and we need to consider the user and it needs to make good business sense um, but it's fluid and we can change it and yet we're saying that about something that represents like the plumbing the the infrastructure the foundations of a business and that's where that responsibility comes in, because I think I watch a lot of project managers working at digital agencies or digital teams, um, and you know, they're kind of, they're taking requests and it's kind of like, can you do this? And the answer is always yes, because it's digital, you know, um, then it can becomes a how much, how long sort of thing, but really when it comes down to digital i think you know there's this sort of conflicting culture of a bit of looseness right a lot of like agency folks were not wearing suits to work i mean i don't know if anyone's wearing suits to work anymore to be honest with you um, but you know we were the folks you know wearing wearing jeans and a t-shirt um, mm-hmm. and you know we were like building cool things But also on the other side, it's, you know, there is a responsibility to make sure that we're managing the risk that we're communicating and educating our stakeholders um, about, you know, what happens with digital. Like, here's how the sausage is made. Here's what could go wrong. Here's what impact that will have on your business. So, you know, let me help you make decisions. And it almost becomes this sort of jack of all trades leadership uh, role within the project to be uh, almost an advisor, someone who is being strategic, who knows enough. Um, Yes, to be dangerous, but also to advise and ask the right questions about whether or not the technical architecture is going to support the user experience or whether the wireframe that we've got is something that actually can be built in the content management system. And there's all these sort of fluid real-time decisions that are being made that actually can have a huge impact. Um, And I think it's that nuance. That's the inflection of digital project management is that it is kind of cool and casual. But we do have to be buttoned up about it because in this day and age, some of the decisions that get made on a project that is inherently digital can have a lot of like, deep negative implications. Like That impact yeah. can be quite major.
1: Yeah.
0: I, it's, I suppose
1: it, the, the interesting thing for me is digital in, in my background. Um, obviously, I'm, I, I, my background came from um, ERP systems. Mm-hmm. Um, doing back end stuff there, and there's obviously user interaction there, and business processes, and that sort of thing. Uh, through to data warehousing, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, and and an area that I've and in desktops and stuff like that. So my my and a bit of networks. I've I've been around a bit. Um, it, my area of lens that I've not really played with much is around those. Real consumers, real end user um, interfaces, and that's and I'm kind of getting and, and I've always looked at where you've got digital agencies. I always think of marketing businesses are doing stuff for that kind of UI, lots of UI changes, that type mm-hmm. of sort of thing. That then plug into these back end systems, and and but but are, are the face of a digital business? Are mm-hmm. they really? It's that. It's the. It, it's is that is is that inf- that sort of interpretation right from my point of view it's the it's an it kind of half in my mind thinks it's part of, it's an, an arm of marketing rather than an arm of IT. Mm-hmm. Would mm-hmm. would that be right in your interpretation? Would that I mean
0: be I mean here's similar? where I will take it back to our original rabbit hole which is you know there is an interpretive thing going on here as well. So I've kind yeah. of defined it you know, uh, I have my definition of digital, but by yeah. by no means do I think it's the one and only definition. And I think part of what's really interesting about it all is that, you know, we are called the digital project manager. We deal, uh, you know, we trade in digital project management. Um, but that digital is something that a lot of folks can come in and read and imprint their own understanding of it onto it. Because at the end of the day, it still comes down to meaning the same thing, or at least having the same implication, which is that, you know, it has to do with modern sort of project management. It has to do with modern solutions. It has to do with technology. It has to do with, yeah, marketing. It has to do with like users. It has to do with, you know, interaction. Um, And it has to do with uh, like kind of like a, a a business lens in terms of how technology is used. And what it does in terms of like that culture of digital project management is it sort of creates that fourth wall and brings you in, right? It's like, okay, if that resonated with you, then you've probably got it right, right enough that let's have a conversation like come into the community, we can share knowledge um, because I do like in our in our in our slack workspace like we have um a lot of conversations, a lot on the human side, which is going to be relevant to anyone, anywhere, yeah. uh, but definitely any project manager. And then we've got this layer of like sort of like the mixes of specialties that are that are coming together on your project team, right? Where you have, you know, a, a researcher, you know, a, a linguist, um, you know, an engineering team, you've got testers, and all of those things that, you know, come about, all of the challenges, all of the risks, all of those issues, um, those can still get surfaced no matter what your interpretation of digital was coming in. Like we found an area where we can kind of niche down and, and, and have a conversation where we all kind of identify with what's being said. So I mean, that's kind of like, I know I'm, yeah. I'm fence sitting a little bit, but the thing about digital project management and the digital project management community at large, and not just ours, but anywhere, is that I don't think it is exclusive. I think it's inclusive. I think if you can identify with it, come on in. Um, And we can have a conversation where we're talking about some of these day to day realities, some of the the human components of project management, some of just that, like the the layer of education uh, for for stakeholders uh, and just kind of like getting people on board with whatever the project is about and those goals and that vision. And we can have a conversation about that. So I know I'm still sitting on the fence, but that's what I think is magic about it is that, yeah, digital means different things to different people. Um, and that doesn't mean that they've got it wrong. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's. I think that's a key thing with a lot of... I think a lot of things that I found in my career, and, and whenever there's been something where there's been confusion, I always boil down to the point where I'm looking at going, right, someone has got a different definition, or a, a, I'll get confused because there's 50 different... Um, tags that people are using for the same document or the same bit of code Mm -hmm. someone Mm -hmm. calls it this someone calls it that then you've got the official reference that you've got for it then you've got the (laughs) reference that was used to initiate it and then the reference of the piece of code that's going to go and and depending on who you're talking to they will be talking about the same thing Mm -hmm. but I'm sitting there as, as project manager sometimes spinning going what we've got 400 things and actually no there's mm-hmm. four things, and there's like a hundred <laughs> names for each of them, um, and and it can get quite confusing. Um, so I, that that whole language on a project is and defining language on a project and defining what you mean by something, mm-hmm. I have found to be really important. And and I, I battled with people to say, right, <laughs> don't call it that. <laughs> Yeah, here's the branding of what i call it mm. yeah this is what we're going to call it and i just because then it, it, it we're all using the same common language mm-hmm. it's like sitting there with oh we're all oh, i'm going to use a completely different email system to you lot right <laughs> i'm going to use completely i'm you use like i'm going to use my own vision you know I mean? as, soon as, as soon as you um it doesn't actually matter what it is it doesn't matter which of these tools you use, Teams, Slack, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's nice if you can... One of, the things I always, one of the things I haven't played with before now is around using Microsoft Planner and things like that and trying mm-hmm. to... Which then can go into your to-do list in Microsoft, which can then go mm-hmm. into your pl- into your tasks in Outlook, which if you're... I haven't quite worked out, but I think there is a way of getting it then in, into your calendar. Then actually it doesn't matter who you are you can you can put something on a planner board you tag someone in it if someone likes using outlook they'll have it in outlook if they like using mm-hmm. to do they'll have it in to do if they like the tasks bit their you, you, their lens into the same data is always and, and trying to get things to that point mm-hmm. um no. i think it's really good because it reduces the. it You've got to play to people's preferences, and yeah, but yes. it reduces if one one source of the truth that everyone fights for, and there's usually five or six of those on a project.
0: Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's su- like it's super relevant in the digital space. A, we always talk about ourselves as being a bit of a translator, right, between the business and right, the, yeah. you know the tech folks or the, or the dev team. Um, there's that sort of technology business bridge. Um, but I was actually having a conversation with a member today, uh, and we were talking about just this this notion of. Um, you know methodologies, right? Methodologies is a loaded word, right? S- you know, scrum is a loaded word now. We all bring our own baggage into it based on our experience. And really what it came down to is like, we start having these conversations about a word instead of having a conversation about what we're trying to achieve. So everyone's okay. like, no, we can't do Scrum. We're not an agile organization, blah, 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 blah. But really what we're talking about is kind of what you're talking about is how do we want to work together? Like, what is gonna work? We've got this team, we've got these stakeholders. You know, these stakeholders aren't in teams. These stakeholders prefer email. Are we gonna just force them into teams? Like, I don't know if that's always gonna be the best idea. It might be, but let's have a conversation about how we work not a conversation about, you know, why are you trying to cram Agile down my throat when I'm, you know, when when clearly I think it's flawed and it's only for software development or something like that, right? Um, yeah. We can take all of those opinions and, 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 and the mythologies and the assumptions that we're making, and we can take it out of the equation, do some translation for our teams, and maybe not even word for word, but like concept for concept, where it's like, okay, yeah, this is not strict. I mean, I've been reading all these reports you probably have as well that most projects don't follow one pure methodology or way of working. It's not like nothing's textbook. Um, and I think that's kind of been the underpinning for us in our community and like the culture of digital project management is that, you know, there's no like text you know, like the de facto text, you know, there's no um, like one way to do a thing. Uh, yeah. And I think at the rate of technology, that's kind of forced us to arrive at that conclusion far sooner that everything we're doing is kind of like what folks today would be like calling a tailored or hybrid methodology. Uh, and there's no shame in that because we're getting things done and it's working.
1: Yeah. And I think there's a lot of conflation of, um, uh, development methodologies and project methodologies and things like that. And, and you kind of people just mashing them together and saying they're the same thing. And actually you just, you just look at what you've done before now and you look at it and, um, and, and I, I, support the agile approach. I like the scrum structure. I think it's a really nice structure to think Mm -hmm. about it and use it as a a basis for doing it. Um, And and I've used it, but I've used it, and I I try to use the phrase that we're using agile tooling
0: rather Mm -hmm. than methods.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And and in some cases, you don't, you you could, that might just be that you're using a a planner and you're doing Kanban. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of visual management boards have been around in likes a Toyota and places for many years and people have known it, and actually writing something on a wall, sticking a sticker on a wall has been something that people have done for many, many years <laughs> Right. Um, it's, kind of, it's kind of been there and it, it kind of, people get excited about it, and about right, we need Jira, and we need big atlassian installation, which are, again, they're fantastic tools mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in there for the right things, there. but but there isn't a, you don't have to have it all and, and even at the smallest point, you can use it, I've, I talk many times about Using three windows we've got in our kitchen as a kanban board when we are doing stuff in the garden at home it's just easy to to, to to use that that basis and but but then putting the structure around putting people there setting people's expectations but it's about let's have a meeting let's have a chat fifteen minutes see how we're all mm-hmm. doing mm-hmm. well that, that's a daily stand-up but that's also a team meeting in the morning that mm-hmm. you would have had you wouldn't have had that badge on it it, 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 there's, there, I think that putting things in, a, in a, with a name and sticking a sticker on it is what people want to mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. Well, Actually, once you look at it, you go, well, that's just common sense. There's a common sense approach. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. You, you take Scrum, you go, it's common sense. You go, what are we going to do? Well, we, we've got a load of stuff. We're not sure where we're going to do it. We've mm-hmm. got a load of people who are going to do it. Okay. I'm capable of doing it. Right. Should we write it down? Yeah, let's write it down, <laughs> yeah. And then we decide which, what, what do you reckon we can do this for the next two weeks? And it's a, it's, it, when you start breaking it down to that, it's a conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, that mm-hmm. looks big and horrible. Yeah, well, <laughs> wait then. That looks easy. Well, we do that one first and the customer wants mm-hmm. that one quick. let do that. It just, you start thinking of it in the lens of, of, um, of get rid of all of the jargon. Yeah. And break it down. It's kind of, it's a group of people working out how to get something done.
0: No, that, that resonates <laughs> like with that sort of like the common sense yeah. of it is kind of in there. But fundamentally what was meant to do, I mean, A, aside from like, Agile was a bit of a revolution, right? I mean, we're talking like over 20 years has passed since that manifesto was written and we're still kind of debating it. But like the thing to remember is that back then there wasn't really that many alternatives to approaching a project. And so it kind of broke the ice, but that ice has been broken for decades now. Now we're talking about, okay, this is either a fast forwarding us to a way where we're like, okay, we're on the same page, let's go. Right. So sure. If you have a team that's like, yeah, we've done scrum at our, you know, previous projects or previous jobs. And we're like, okay, well we're gonna do that and everyone's like okay great and then they can just get going so it kind of accelerates that but you know without that you can still have that conversation and be like well how do we all want to work why don't we borrow this like this sounds good this will help us you know address risk sooner so that we don't kind of squirrel down a path and then realize that we're building the wrong thing you know and that there's that common sense of it isn't it yeah right (laughs) it's the whole basis of it yeah so no i love that and i'm i'm noticing um I'm noticing your Star Wars again. I know your listeners are probably listening on Spotify. Um, but you have got uh, some Star Wars pa- paraphernalia, you know, behind yeah, you. And just I a mean little. there is a <laughs> right. <laughs> I'd like how about that for a franchise that is divisive, right? You know, yeah. you have everyone who's like, "Oh, you know, love Star Wars, love Star Wars or hate it. Love the original trilogy or hate it." Love the prequel trilogy or hate it. Uh, love the new stuff on Disney Plus or hate it, and everything in between. And yeah. you know, and and coming back to what you said earlier, everyone's kind of Sorry, just so imprinting can, can that I just story.
1: Can I just clarify that you either love Star Wars or you're wrong? Is my answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So anyway, carry on. was well, not sure about your listeners. Didn't want to alienate anybody, but uh, <laughs> right. But I mean, you know, I'm like thinking about it, uh, where like you know, these are just like collaboration, like between humans, is kind of yeah. a universal. So is. Stories, right? And in both situations, we're bringing baggage into it. Uh, We're making a lot of assumptions. Um, We are interpreting that experience for ourselves. Um, And yeah, that can create conflict. But at the same time, if we're talking about it, it can also create something even more powerful, which is just that, you know, we can get in the same room and be like, hey, you into Star Wars? Yeah. And then we can have a conversation. Let's go, right? Like, we can start in on that. And I think that's kind of like, you know, I know I'm blah, blah, blahing about like digital project management in my sort of definition that probably should be crisper, but isn't that kind of the spirit of it? To be like, listen, like let's, let's, we don't have to follow this to the letter. This is a recipe for sauce. Doesn't mean we can't alter it, right? Like if you think it needs more salt and we're on board, let's do it. And really we're focused on the outcome, the goal, the impact, like delivering value. Not, not like, uh, <laughs> I had a uh, Joe Puzz, PMO Joe on my podcast mm-hmm. uh, yeah. a while back and he was like, you know what? Doesn't matter how you make your pizza if it tastes bad. No one's going to be like, "Oh yeah, they have that revolutionary forno oven, but it and it makes bad pizza." But that process is great. Like, that's not the point. The point is how can we facilitate this collaboration between humans to achieve a goal together? The yeah. goal is the important bit.
1: Yeah, and we have to keep focused on that, don't we? Hmm. And I know that there's, there's um, and and it helps us with keep by keeping that focus and 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 for, stakeholder you mentioned earlier and and again, I imagine in, in your, in your world, the, your, your stakeholder, well, it's the same with all of them, but I think that, that there is a situation where you've got stakeholders that are so wide in, um, uh, nature. Like okay. if, you, if you're sitting in the project, you're delivering it. Sometimes you can sit there and you, you ju- and you just go, like, who are my stakeholders? Well, it's this The sponsor it's the finance team that's getting it to use this it's these people of it that's it but actually when you look beyond that there's probably more stakeholders that are going to get impacted by it Mm -hmm. but they're not direct stakeholders Whereas, i imagine in some of the digital programs that you're with with, you've got direct stakeholders that the minute you switch on that service they're using it they're trying to Mm -hmm. um if you're using in, in in um uh healthcare and government there are real people at the end of that trying to do something
0: mm-hmm.
1: important to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: in the retail, it'll be important to them as well. Mm-hmm. But I think in, when you look at the government and healthcare thing, it's, it's 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 making it making people's lives better or easier or safer, and and those start to become. Y- y- you have to think about that different diet that. Um, uh, can't remember the word anyway mix of people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh absolutely how how do you deal with that in in that kind of thing where you're doing i don't know you're putting out a a a bot or web web page or a um um i don't know any any of the sort of like proper full-on interactions with people Mm. How do you deal with trying to do that? I think you mentioned researchers before.
0: I mean, yeah, no, absolutely, and and research is is huge. And I think the other thing that comes along with digital, and you know, maybe now I'm speaking as a digital mindset more than a digital product, but <laughs> digital kind of it it lays the groundwork to iterate, where you can say, listen, let's get this minimum viable product in front of users, customers. and get them using it and it might not be perfect and let's start a dialogue with that user because in the old days we would sort of you know get the business requirements document maybe today still in in certain projects i'm not discounting that sometimes it's a good way of doing it but previously the only way to do it was here's your big thick document of business requirements let's spend the next year or two building it and hope for the best it's probably going to be good right and you know without those iterations without that feedback without the conversation um it probably isn't gonna be that great. It's not gonna be as good as it could be if you were dialoguing with your end user and dialoguing with your business stakeholders and dialoguing with that finance team all along the way to kind of fine tune it. Because guess what, as your project is moving, the world is still turning. Um, And I think that's kind of the, like, you know, the flip side of digital. Earlier, I was complaining about how people think digital is easy. It's ones and zeros. Can you please just change this thing and we'll still launch tomorrow? It'll be fine, right? But the other side of it is we can. Like, we're not printing a newspaper. So if we have a typo, we can fix it. Um, And if someone's like, Hey, we should have thought of this or users are are complaining about this. Well, we can fix that too. And then it becomes this dialogue and digital is a dialogue. It is a collaboration. It is that fluidity of a product that is alive. That is something that can change. That is something that is, um, is not fixed and is not just done ever. And I think that kind of plays into the whole mindset. And if you're a project manager working in digital, then that's kind of your responsibility to bring into the fray is that, listen, let's shed some of these assumptions that we have about how things ought to be done or what the, what the book says um, or what we were asked to do in the first place and start embracing some of that ambiguity and change and being the leader of that change and being the advisor of that change and just having that instinct and judgment to understand how to navigate around all the obstacles to still hit the goal even if that goal doesn't reflect the whatever scope that you were originally asked to deliver. Um, What I mean is deliver on the goal, not the list of things that you've been asked to do. Um, And that takes a bit of courage.
1: Another great sponsor of the show, he comes in the form of Air Manual. Um, Air Manual is a... Well, it's a tool for documenting process, which um, and best practices. Um, uh, it's run, it's a company formed by one of my uh, interviewees, uh, Alexis Kingsbury. Um, essentially, uh, and, I, and I kind of summarized why, my view of where we see documentation, a lot of my experience has been, people will document something, a process, they'll put it in a, a Visio diagram that gets loaded onto a SharePoint site or something similar. And then a bunch of that. So then, once that that diagram's been shared with senior management, they're happy they have a process in the business. But then the the detailed procedures underneath it might be in word documents, uh, just poorly kept and not linked easily and not updated. And what Air Manual does, it allows you to put in a. It's a tool for doing this kind of thing. You whack it in. Uh, the service in there, get in there, put in your process, your flow, and you build it down to its lower level of detail, even to the point of checklists, where people can check off, they've done it. So it creates that um, uh, guided checklists, um, easy to create, easy to maintain, and all in one place, and no one's kind of rooting around to find the SharePoint, and then when you change to new SharePoint services, and all that stuff, it, it's all there. So if you pop along to nigelpreece.com slash airmanual, um, There's a bit more detail there, and a link there to click on to uh, go and get. I think uh, they offer a trial and things like that. So uh, uh, it uh, it it's something that I think uh, can easily um, reduce the amount of errors, rework, etc. Within our organisation. So um, yeah, take it. <laughs> I uh, hope you enjoyed that but you're thinking Ooh, I wonder what the next bits gonna be yeah it's frustrating isn't it um, you heard at the beginning of the show where I said uh, there's a way around that so if you're really itching and you want to hear the next bit of uh, this show uh, jump down to patreon have a look find the one that's got a little lock on it click on it and you'll be able to get the second half uh, along with the first half all together and you you won't get this annoying bit or the annoying bit at the beginning that i just uh, done as well um so yeah give it a go It's only a price of a coffee cheers uh, my latest uh the, 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 the latest affiliate that i've got on the show now is riverside um, I use Riverside to do my interviews, Riverside FM. Um, <clears throat> it kind of offers you know, a whole, if you like, micro studio management producer tooling and, and, and goes beyond that. has a really good free layer <clears throat> and I, um, I've been using it for a while now, I find it really good. When I've had issues, even though I'm not on one of the higher paid levels, the support has been quick responsive and, and, and of high quality and, and people keen to help me. Uh, the organisation is really good, the product seems really intuitive um, and uh, quality is really good as well. And they, it's good, the clever way of doing it is when you're, you're recording through your browsers, so you've not got loads of desktop resources being used compared to some other products that I've used. Um, and what they also do is they, do a, um, they stream a, a lower quality version of it up onto uh, as you're doing the interview, so you're not burning bandwidth while you're doing the interview and potentially uh, impacting on the quality of the conversation. Uh, and then at the end, it uploads it, uh, the, the higher quality from your browser. Um, I mean, it, it's just a really good way of doing it. So um, if you are uh, thinking of doing a podcast and you're someone doing a podcast, I, I would recommend using this tool. I found it really good. Best, best of the tools that I've tried using um, today. And you can get that at nigelcreaser.com slash riverside, and that will redirect you to uh, my kickback page uh, on their site, and there uh, I will get a little kickback uh, from them. So um, take a look. Thanks. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday lunch PM. Goodbye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Galen. Um, come back in the next couple of weeks. I've got another fantastic guest. I hope you have a great day. See you now. Bye. On the fifth day of the project, my sponsor gave to me. Four calling clients, three full sprints, two backlog items and a fictional benefits case. On the sixth day of the project, my sponsor gave to me six scopes of creeping. Four calling clients, three full sprints, two backlog items and a fictional benefits case.